0: I'm Rico Galliano, And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And you know, in the last few episodes, we've asked you guys to consider donating to our show through our website, dinnerpartydownload.org. Now, if you have not done so yet, it's not a problem. A lot of you listen in the gym, you're
1: jogging, you're stuck in traffic, you can't easily be messing around on the web. That is a fine excuse.
0: That was a fine excuse. Indeed. Because not anymore. <laughs> Starting this week, you can donate 10 bucks directly to us, right from your cell phone. Just text the word RADIO to 25383. That's RADIO to 25383, and your $10 donation will appear in your mobile bill.
1: Additional message and data rates may apply. Wow, man, you sounded like a pro. That's right. (laughs) I've joined the pantheon of people that got to say that. Check with your mobile provider to find out what they're going to charge you. But again, just text the word RADIO to 25383, and boom, you have donated $10 to us.
0: Now, if we could just fix this economy and provide you with awesome, high-paying jobs, you'd have no excuses left. We're working on it. Till then, here's your icebreaker.
2: Okay, you guys are going to love this one. My dad always used to tell me, Taylor, there are three kinds of people in the world. The ones who can count, and the ones that can't. Ha
0: <laughs> ha! I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that equips you to win this weekend's dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Taylor Orsi. She's
1: a comic and contributor to the Huffington Post. Still trying to figure that joke out. You'll, you'll
0: get it. This is why uh, payroll loves me here. <laughs> And coming up. British
1: artist-turned-filmmaker Sam Taylor Wood, Filling the Vacuum Vacuum and Deer Hunter's Helicopter.
0: But first, how about some
1: small talk? All week long, you've been hearing this. Thousands of protesters from all over Europe joined a
3: march against austerity. The
2: government ordering a giant recall of several toys and children's products. Two people close to Rama Emanuel say he will resign as White House Chief of Staff Friday.
1: Now for something you haven't heard, we're joined by John Letzing. He's a reporter for Market Watch in San Francisco. John, what story are you going to be talking about at your dinner parties this weekend? We're going to be talking about San Francisco's efforts to ban toys with hackers. Happy meals. Really? Just because they hate children? (laughs) Well, that and they feel like the happy meals are not nutritious enough. So, what they're saying is if you want to draw children in with these toys, then you have to meet a certain level of nutrition. You got to give away things like fruit and vegetables.
0: So, so they're going to eliminate the healthiest part of the happy meal, which is the actual toy. toy.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Good work. It it just seems like to stop kids from going to McDonald's, don't you have to outlaw McDonald's, yeah, they've got a clown mascot. They would if they could, probably. I know. I'm so. su-
0: I'm just surprised there's still McDonald's in San Francisco. That it's not just you know McPenice or yeah. she- Shea Donalds. Well, things sort of
1: came to a head earlier this week. They had their first big hearing. Uh, McDonald's even brought in their McDietitian. Director of nutrition, that is her title. What are the qualifications for that? You have to be a true connoisseur of salt (laughs) and and fats, McNuggety
0: skin. This is like studying to be an oncologist and then going to work for cancer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) John Letzing, thanks for the small talk. Thanks very much. And now, time for cocktails. This is the part of the show where we tell you something that happened
0: in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is a bathing beauty, but instead of sunscreen SPF 32, she slathers herself with booze. Mm. Fun <laughs> to watch, not very effective. Oh, memories.
1: First, the history. Right around this time, back in 1901, Englishman Hubert Cecil Booth patented a
0: revolutionary device. The folks at your dinner party won't have any idea what it is. Thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to.
2: Hubert Cecil Booth's invention sucked. Really, that's what it did. See, Hubert created the motorized vacuum cleaner. He got the idea while watching another inventor demonstrate a really lame gadget, a machine that cleaned carpets by blowing dust off them. Hubert thought it'd be cooler if the machine sucked dust up but how to keep it from coming right back out? One night, Hubert laid a handkerchief on a sofa, put his mouth over it, and inhaled. The fabric trapped a ton of grime. Eureka, the vacuum filter. Hubert's vacuum wasn't like the thing in your closet. It was a huge, gas-powered pump mounted on a horse-drawn cart. He'd park it outside a house, run tubes through the windows, and fire it up. The noise was insane, but housewives loved it. They threw parties so friends could watch the dirt shoot down the transparent hoses. Hubert got rich selling this vacuuming service, but it wasn't until 1908 that anyone sold an actual vacuum, a smaller, portable version invented by an Ohio janitor and manufactured by a guy named William Henry Hoover.
1: So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve with it. On the line is Melissa Vendetti. She is bartender at the Main Street Grill in North Canton, Ohio former home of the Hoover Company. And Melissa, you heard the history. What drink does it inspire you to make?
3: Well, I have... A drink called "Suck It Up," and actually, William Hoover might have been a drinker in his time, but Mm. that would have been hush hush.
1: Of course, I can't imagine that a wealthy man in 1908 might have had a tipple every now and then.
3: Well, on the cover of his biography is a picture of him with a big picture of lemonade, so I incorporated that in my cocktail. All right, it's one and a half ounces of Crown Royal Canadian whiskey a fourth of an ounce of amaretto, a generous splash of fresh-squeezed lemonade, sure. and a splash of soda water.
1: And then you just Hoover it down, as they say in did England. You
3: Hoover it down as fast <laughs> as you can. You suck it up, baby.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's my understanding that your town was a real company town, right? Like, everyone worked in the Hoover factory.
3: Everyone did, in fact. Of my 11 aunts and uncles, seven of them worked there, and my grandfather.
1: You must have had the, the cleanest house in America. <laughs>
0: While we're listening to that, you can't help but think how times have changed.
1: Yeah, in what way?
0: Like, you know, back then there was a Hoover town. Sure. And now we've got a bunch of Hoovervilles Uh, because of all manufacturing left. Sad, but true. And what we need are probably Hoover dams to get us through (laughs) a big collective effort. Let's get on top of it, people. Call me a socialist.
1: Uh, Send blueprints to our website. It's dinnerpartydownload.org.
0: Our guest of honor this week is Sam Taylor Wood, director of the new John Lennon biopic called Nowhere Boy. It focuses on Lennon's late teens and his family life. Sam, while I was watching this film, it occurred to me that I didn't even need to know who Lennon was to kind of appreciate it or understand it. And I'm wondering if that was intentional.
4: Yeah, I mean, for for me, this is more a coming-of-age story and um, how Lennon became the Lennon that we know through the tribulations of his childhood and the love tug between his Aunt Mimi and his mother Julia.
0: How did his celebrity or people's knowledge of John Lennon weigh on you while you were making decisions while directing?
4: Well, really, I I think I went into this pretty naively, and it wasn't until I arrived in Liverpool location hunting, and then I felt the weight on my shoulders because everyone was... uh, you know, from cab drivers, people on the street, they would say, you know, you've got to take care of our guy. This is really important. Oh, my God, you've taken on such a big uh, legacy. And and so slowly it, it got to me.
0: <laughs> I can see why they would have warm feelings for one of their native sons. But he didn't always have warm feelings for them. And in fact, in the movie, he comes off as pretty precocious, if not a jerk.
4: Well he was and and, uh, I think at the age of 12 he said he had to be a genius because if he wasn't a genius then he was mad and he wasn't in a mental asylum so therefore he was definitely a genius. Well we
0: have two standard questions on our show and the first one is what question are you tired of being asked?
4: Why did you cast Aaron Johnson as the lead in this film, as John Lennon?
0: Are they asking that because there are other actors who might look more like John Lennon?
4: Yeah, I mean, at first I started to cast for people that were similar looking. And it I don't know, it just didn't work that way. When Aaron walked in for the role, I could pretty much tell instantly that he could do it because he had the intensity and the kind of strong enough shoulders to bear the weight of the icon.
0: So the second question we ask everyone is, tell us something we don't know, something about something you haven't talked about in interviews.
4: Okay, so um, here's a revealing thing, that both Aaron and I have the, a tattoo of In Spite of All the Danger, which was the first Lennon-McCartney song they ever recorded. So for those who don't know,
0: Aaron is not only the star of the film, but you fell for each other on the set, and now you're married. So is the tattoo of the words or the notes to the song? I'm going
4: to show you.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is a radio moment. Yeah, all right. In spite of all the danger. Now, did you get that during or after the film? We,
4: we got it on the day of rap.
0: And that tattoo isn't just a memento for the film, right? I mean, those words resonate in other parts of your life.
4: Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> in spite of all the
0: danger. All right. In spite of all the danger, why, why did those words have extra resonance exactly? Well, I'm glad you
1: asked. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> no, it turns out Sam is 23 years older than Aaron, who was just 18 when they shot the film. What? And when they started this affair on set, all the tongues were wagging in England. and uh, the,
1: the British tabloids did the happy dance, I'm assuming. Does the
0: Queen of England wear a funny hat?
1: <laughs> a lot of them,
0: actually. Exactly. I'll do anything for
3: you.
1: That's the dinner party download for this week. Thanks to Jackson Musker and Ravi Carmen, And we leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or
0: departing from this weekend's dinner party. It's the latest from the band Deer Hunter. The song is called Helicopter and it's from their new album called Halcyon Digest. Bon appétit.
3: See you.
1: Rico Galeano.
0: I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And now would be a perfect time for you to donate $10 to the show by texting the word RADIO to 25383.
1: The charge will appear on your mobile bill. Additional message and data rates may apply.
0: Side effects of the dinner party download may include increased loquacity, irrepressible charm, popularity, joie de vivre, the taste for gin, and irrational anger around small baked good items. If post-dinner party download euphoria lasts for more than five hours, administer half-liter doses of Prosecco while listening to Astrid Goberto and Swinging from a Hammock.